Do re mi. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't see you there. Welcome back to Podman Out. Now, I know it's been quite some time since we've come up with an episode, and we said it in the last episode. And, you know, it's been about four months that we've been since we started doing this, I think. Three, four months, something like that. Something like that. And uh, we've gotten three episodes out, and uh, I hear you guys, you guys talking. You know, I walk by and I hear, oh, that's Troy Schrader and that's Caleb Zerlini. Yo, their podcast sucks ass. Like, you're telling me we got to wait a month for each episode, and it's going to suck ass like this? And you know what? I To that I say, that's rude and it hurts my feelings. You don't hear me walking around being like, whoa, that's Ben Kogel. His ass is ginormous. Like, this thing is so much bounce, it's ridiculous. You know? If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. Like, geez. Exactly. I'm able to keep my rude thoughts into myself. So. Well, as you guys have known, it's been a while, as Troy just said. There's been a lot in the sports world that have happened and come about. Um, so let's just get right into it. Hop right on in. Uh, a lot of things, like Caleb said, that have happened. Um, not going to really touch on a lot of it, obviously. College football, like, that ending happened there. We've, uh, seen the bowl games go down, the college football playoffs, the, I mean, even the conference championship games, that was a while ago, the Heisman, all of it. Uh, you know, we watched the games. Not going to really touch on We only got so much time today. We're kind of going to try to keep it current. Um, but uh, We also saw Stetson Bennett uh, serving Raising Canes to uh, the community. On Instagram, though. Obviously, you know, we weren't like down in Athens or some shit being like, yo, that's Stetson Bennett in the drive-thru. Like, yeah. that'd be real cool if we did, though. But, the Bama killer. All right, so we're going to go ahead and uh, get this one going. This is for all the folks back home, and I guess the people also from Briarcrest and Doss, we're going to talk about the holiday tournament a little bit. Um, Indeed. Um, you know, we're going to... So, it, it happened. I was I was there, like, I think I missed two games, maybe, the whole tournament. Caleb had to go back to school for a little bit. He came back for the championship day, right? Yeah. Like, maybe you were there for the first day and the championship day. Yeah, I was there Monday, and then I came back Thursday, because some guys on my team caught the vid, and I was one of four players that were not quarantined, so I decided to drive on home and enjoy the holiday tournament. Yeah, um, you know, we, uh, <clears throat> obviously, you know, being modern-day graduates, we wanted to see, uh, some good modern-day basketball played, and, uh, saw some good, saw some bad. Um, yeah. You know, honestly, <laughs> I think their problem's gotta be, uh, Landon Albers, like, Seriously, like, how are they supposed to play basketball with someone that sexy out on the court? Like, no one else on the team can focus being like, wow, Landon is just so damn hot. That could also be a strike, though. I guess that's fair. But the other team's focused. Like, yeah. they're ultra lasered in. But it's like... True. Yeah. Very true. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, I thought the DOS Nashville game was pretty good. Um, that was something. Um, I'm going to keep all bias to the side here. But there may or may not have been a whistle at the end that nothing came of. So may or may not have is obviously a rhetorical statement. There was clearly a whistle that have uh, that was blown. It was heard by pretty much everyone in the gym, and the rest just walked off the court. And now, I mean, I'm not saying that that was a foul on that last second heave. It definitely was a foul. I am saying that. Um, but you know, like. It, Great game all around. Uh, you know, Nashville fought Isaac Turner, iced the game, ice in his damn veins. Had him on my fantasy team for the holiday tournament, too. He's nasty. Um, but then, you know, Marcus Barker was hooping that game. Homie put up, I think, 30 points. I think he had 30 and like seven. And he dropped the shit out of some kid. I was sitting next to Napo, yeah. and he goes, he goes, little boy better stop playing around. He's going to touch earth. Two seconds later, he touched earth. It was it was quite indeed, nasty, indeed. but um, but, but I mean, after the whole double te- like technical on the head coach, technical on the assistant, a little bit later, head coach gets ejected. I'm gonna go out on a limb here, make a wild guess, and just assume that Doss is no longer gonna be coming back to the tournament. Agree. Um, I don't think it's out of pocket to say that. Um, they did not seem happy, and rightfully so, I guess. I mean, yeah, I mean, I see both perspectives, and. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, but not to take away from Nashville's win, I mean, it's always yeah. good to win in the holiday tournament. Yeah, it's, it's a, a great tradition. Mm-hmm. But So congrats to them and yeah. Got some hoopers, on their man. victory. But uh, let's yeah. get moving on here. Um, NFL playoffs. All right. Uh, NFL playoffs, you know, we're, we're as we're recording this, it is Monday night. Um, the Rams-Cardinals game has not yet started. So we'll see how that goes. Who, who got that game, Rams-Cardinals? I got the Rams, man. I also have the Rams. Matt Stafford started off hot, started to turn the ball over a little bit more towards the end. But, you know, like, that's whatever. The Rams were still winning. The Cardinals seem to start off hot every year and then just kind of fall off a cliff in the second half of the year. So, you know, I don't. they're not coming in all that hot. So I guess we'll see how the Rams deal with that. I, th- I got the Rams, though, for sure. I have the Rams, too. And it's – I think – with the absence of D-Hop, it's going to be difficult for the Cardinals as well. Yeah. Uh, and now, obviously, you know, it's all in the the headlines, all our social media, whatnot. Um, we've had some refereeing fiascos throughout the playoffs so far. Indeed. Both Indeed. the Cowboys game and the Bengals game. I, not, not fantastic. Uh, not a fantastic look for the NFL and their referees. Um, um, what, what's your take on the last-second Cowboys play with Dak sliding and the ref not getting there or Dak not giving the ball to the ref in time. Uh, Let's unpack that a little bit. With that little time left, I think a quarterback draw is a risky move. I think it easily could have worked if Dak gets down just a tad bit sooner. I think if he gets down three to four yards sooner, they uh, – they can get that ball set up and the ref doesn't have to go as far. Maybe they get that one second, that extra one second that just keeps that time on the clock. Um, and with everyone saying he could have given the ball to the ref, I mean, I agree, it's tough, but the ref was also trailing that play 25 yards down the field. He was not keeping up with that as they were going. I don't really know the policy, obviously. I'm not taking like NFL ref classes in my spare time to know what he should have, where he should have been at, but he uh, he had to catch up on the play and then... It's obviously going to be tough to fit between an, o, uh, an NFL O-line, you know, but I don't know why the ref thought the easiest way to get to the ball was just by plowing over Dak. Unless he was planning on just, like, slip and sliding through Dak and the center's legs <laughs> and just letting him play with him lying there. Um, that would have been, been a crazy move by the ref. That would have been absolutely crazy. Like, I I would have Sports loved to see that. Ten. That's for sure. I What do you think the odds were on that happening? Uh, the ref, last second play, the ref <laughs> sliding between the quarterback and the center's legs. Plus a very large number. <laughs> I don't know what that number is, but damn near impossible. Yeah, so, you know, it was it was tough. I mean, Cowboys shot themselves in the foot with their own penalties, and I was told this by my brother. I can't say that I was watching Trent Williams every single play, but... You know, maybe my brother's a little bit biased. Him and my dad, both Cowboys fans. I guess I am too a little bit, but not really as diehard as they are. Um, but they said Trent Williams, lots of false starts he got away with. He was moving his leg before the snap. And I, like I said, wasn't watching for it. Wasn't rewinding, being like, wow, let's watch for false starts here. You know, <laughs> just yeah. watching the game as it was going. I was, you know, trying to look for some penalties, but like those didn't really catch my eye. But, you know, if that's true and there were a ton of missed false starts, that is unfortunate. Potentially could have. Change momentum, uh, that's for sure. But, uh, you know, just like I said, Dallas shot themselves in the foot. Um, Now, the Bengals-Raiders game, uh, were you able to uh, catch that one at all? I know you guys had a game, but... I was not able to. Um, On the bus, I mean, I was checking the score and whatnot. To be honest with you, I don't really remember. Um, I think think it ended just as we got under the bus and... Started driving back, so I saw that the Bengals won. Um, so I, I, I heard all the controversy about some refs being not up to par. Um, all I'm saying is uh, Chargers should have been in that game. I don't know if they would have been in that game if they won, but, I mean, obviously they would have because the Raiders they, beat them. But well, yeah, if they would have. I, I don't know if they would have been in that game, but I, yeah, I don't I'm I, not. I think might have sure. been, but. Um, I don't know how that scheduling works, but I definitely heard about the controversy and. Some shitty calls, according to NFL fans on Twitter. Yeah, and but. according to Schefter, Jerome Boger, he was the uh, head ref of that game. Him and his crew are no longer working the playoffs this year, 
and potentially there have been some things on Twitter, on Instagram that I've seen that have said they may not ref again, like yeah. at all. But, uh, you know, I obviously we're talking about the playoffs, and Caleb mentioned the Chargers-Raiders game. Um, I think about all of America wanted to just see a uh, just straight-up kneels run the clock out. At least a tie. Yeah, Damn. and <laughs> I you was know, really hoping for the tie at the end. So it was Justin Herbert, and you know, uh, if that game would have ended in a tie, you know, Big Ben's career would have ended in mutual consent. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he Waka waka. <laughs> I'm sorry, that wasn't me. I the uh, the coming up with that joke. That was uh, I saw that on Instagram. <laughs> I thought that was mad funny though. That I was dead reading that. It was. Yes, that was that, funny shit. That's I read it and that, it cracked me up. But um, that would have been something. It would have been an unfortunate way for Steelers fans. You know, they would have been all pissed off. But like, who cares? You know, uh, it's just the Steelers. Yeah, it's just the Steelers. <laughs> like, geez. Did, all the uh, you see B- Big Ben's quote going into the game? Yeah, yeah, I did. For, just uh, we're not supposed to be here, so we're just gonna go out there and have fun. Yeah, and for, I uh, I think they all took that literally because the Steelers played like shit. I think they were just they they did not show up. I mean, you know, it's going to be tough to go out there and beat the Steelers or beat the Chiefs, especially, you know, like when you have an office chair on carpet as your quarterback. True. Um, for, for those of you that don't know the quote they're referring to, um, I'm not sure if it was in a press conference or... I think it was a press conference, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was, but Big Ben has been quoted on saying, as a group, you understand that we probably aren't supposed to be here. We're probably not a very good football team. Out of 14 teams, I think we, I think are in. We're probably number 14. We don't have a chance, so let's just go in and have fun. What the hell is that? <laughs> I don't want to. Pl- I don't want to play with that guy on my team. That's a bold statement, and I would love to think that that was just maybe to try to catch the Chiefs off guard. They're like, "Wow, the Steelers aren't taking this serious. Maybe the Steelers come out firing on all cylinders." But you know, they uh, had the defensive touchdown at the beginning, had that T.J. Watt scoop and score. But other than that, you know, not really I, I a whole lot to be. Like, yeah, f- positive again, positive about. I mean, um, I I hope for Big Ben's sake and the Steelers' sake. I mean, obviously, it's last game. Leaving it all out there, I'll probably didn't really give a shit what anyone thought. But I really hope he was being sarcastic with that comment because that's just not. A good I think look. he had to be. Um, I I I really hope he was. They couldn't really get anything going on the ground at all, and the Chiefs' defense is really not anything special. I mean, I know it's kind of their secondary that's gonna get torched out of anything in that, I guess. But yeah, Big Ben still only threw for 215 passing yards, two touchdowns, and they ran for 56 yards. Najee Harris was their leading rusher, averaging a whopping two and a half yards per carry. Wow. Which is quite ass, um, if I do say so myself. Uh, But, you know, it's like Ben said, they were trying to have some fun, didn't expect to win. (laughs) And, uh... Like Ben also said back in 2006, or whatever it was, he was he was just trying to have some fun. <laughs> and we all see how that worked out. Yeah, no, it didn't work out well. <laughs> Both resulted in Big Ben not playing another game. Yeah. Um. Um. So yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, Bucks Eagles. I can't say that I was like really looking forward to that game. I was like, you know what? Like, I think it's gonna be a fantastic game. Buccaneers playing the Eagles. Like. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. Those words did not come out of my mouth. Um, I think I saw Justin Jefferson tweeted probably 50,000 times after the Eagles games because if you don't know what that's in reference to, the Eagles drafted Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson, and obviously Justin Jefferson has become a superstar in this league. And Jalen Rager is ass. So, uh, yeah. It's, it's, Jalen Hurts to... didn't look great. I see all those memes and everything. Jalen Hurts when he has somebody wide open, and it's just like that video of Terrence Ross throwing the basketball in the stands, drilling that lady <laughs> in the face. That's not a real video. Well, Terrence, Terrence Ross said it was clipped. Yeah, it was clipped, I think. but It's, <laughs> it's still funny as hell. Yeah, it is funny. <laughs> it is funny. but It's it's hard to bet against Brady. Yeah, especially when they're returning, you know, almost their entire starting team from last year that won a – Won a Super Bowl. And, you know, like, granted, Fournette was out. Ronald Jones was out. Um, A.B. went super grumbling in, <laughs> in his own words against the against the Jets there yeah. last week of the season. Um, Godwin's out. So, you know, they had 
Brashad Perriman and Mike Evans. You know, Mike Evans obviously elite, but like Brashad Perriman's not what you had all season, so that's a little bit of a sour note to be coming into in the playoffs. But like I, it's hard to bet against Brady, like Caleb said, and with the Eagles, you know, honestly, I think it was a really good year for them. They've got good first round picks. They made the playoffs still, um, and they were not expected to. They greatly overperformed expectations. So you know, like props to them. But uh, that was going to be a game that was tough. But at that point, it was kind of like like the Eagles fans just been like, sweet, we're in the playoffs. Now let's for- look forward to the draft. Maybe you can draft a damn wide receiver that can catch a football. You've had had troubles with that recently. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, <clears throat> we're going to do a little segment now. With, with that, we will transition into uh, the NBA a little bit. This is uh, We haven't really done these before. You know, we've been talking about different games and how the season's been going out and potential predictions, but now we're going to do a little, uh, a would you rather, and this isn't really like a would you rather, like, oh my gosh, would you rather, I'm not going to, I was going to come up with something off the top of my head, I'm going to be honest, but like, I blanked, but these are questions like, such as, which Um, NBA current rookie would you want to start a franchise with? Um, um, What is your ideal NBA all-star team? Those are the two we're going to be talking about, we got to, going to be going over those here in a little, um, little bit. The NBA All-Star team question will be a little more in-depth mm-hmm. with some obviously reasons why each of us pick these players, but ultimately, like, stats don't lie for me. Um, I didn't go based off only stats, but, like, just I feel like I watched a decent amount of NBA games this year, and just what I've been seeing and... I've been keeping up with games, but I can't say I've watched a ton. Mm-hmm. But uh, before we go ahead and get into our picks for these players, why don't we uh, hear a little word from our sponsors? Fantastic. So let's uh, go ahead and get back into the picks here. How about it? All right. So, so actually, you know what? We're going to put the All-Star team second. If, second, if yeah. Caleb doesn't mind, we're going to go ahead and do the uh, which current rookie would you want to start an NBA franchise with? Um, my pick for the current rookie to start a franchise with I feel like this is going to be a very typical answer, but I'm, I have to stick with Kate Cunningham. I mean, right now he's averaging most points out of rookies. I know Franz Wagner's having a year. But Scotty I mean, Barnes and. But um, I mean, Kate is averaging the most amount of out of rookies, but I think he's outscoring uh, Mobley by like yeah. half a point, and he's also shooting. Let's take a little look here. He's not shooting. Thirty nine percent from the field and thirty two yeah. from three. Thirty two from three is not terrible as a rookie, but thirty nine percent from the field. Not exactly what you're yeah. looking for. His player efficiency rating is 12 and a half, which ranks him, uh, in, it says 150 plus. It doesn't even tell you the rank that he's at for player efficiency rating on the ESPN app. So, yeah. I mean, obviously not very efficient. Fair. I mean, I think there's a lot of problems for the future. I mean, his potential is off off the charts still. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, obviously, if he were on a better team, like a Draymond situation where he comes in and just does something right away, like I feel... if. You would have to agree if Draymond went to any other team, he would not be doing what he's doing in the NBA now and has been doing. I mean, I think he's, I would agree because he's a great system fit and yeah, fantastic player for the Warriors. I mean, his I, I mean, obviously get on Draymond. A his, lot, his, his IQ is 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 up there. He's got good IQ. He's got he plays good defense. Good. He's got a great IQ. Yeah, he plays good defense. He rebounds. But you know, I think maybe some other teams are going to be looking for. Uh, for a little bit more offense out of their players coming off the bench. You know, obviously someone's going to take a defensive spark, some rebounding, but I think the Warriors having the greatest shooting duo of all time immensely increases Draymond's value. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I think if it was a situation where Cade Cunningham had, like, like, not saying that he has to have stars around him, but maybe some better players than Detroit has. What are you talking about, bro? He's got Kelly Olenek. Um, I, I bet some of the listeners said, oh, who's that? <laughs> Want to know how I think of Kelly Olenek? I, I think of him as a turd. I have him on my, my career team in 2K. I swear to God, every single year I make a player, and it's like I happen to get drafted to, like, the Sea Wizards. It's a new goddamn expansion team, and Kelly Olenek just happens to be on the goddamn team. Every time I play, I have this this dude on my team, and he cannot do anything in 2K. He is ass like so bad whatever team that i happen to get drafted by homie is always on that team like signed a contract got traded there in the offseason like come on yeah i would agree um 
But overall, I feel like they don't have a lot of, obviously, depth. Um, or any... I feel like there's not a solid veteran, other if you count Jeremy Grant as a veteran, to really guide him. So I feel like he's kind of on his own right now, trying to figure things out. Um, which, obviously, every rookie has to do at some point. But I also think that his potential is through the roof. I mean, he's got, he's got the skill. He's got the ability. Now he's just got to connect the game, IQ, seeing the floor, this court vision and feel with and with just his skill. And, like, I think he's really starting to do that. Obviously, he can put the ball in the bucket. Um, but there's, I feel like he has so many intangibles that we just haven't seen yet. So that's it's fair. It's fair. That's my know. pick for who I would start my franchise with. Um, that's that's fair. Um, <clears throat> now personally, I, I I took a little bit of a toil over this a little bit. You know, I I didn't pick Cade, but I was sitting there thinking, you know, Evan Mobley has been fantastic. Like this dude is playing great defense. He's de- defensive rating wise, he's top 10 in the league um he's averaging i think 15 points a game let me let me uh double check that he's averaging 15 points a game and eight rebounds and he's coming in on the Cavs, and they're the four seed in the east which nobody expected at all um that's i i think evan mobley definitely concert uh deserves consideration same with franz wagner or wagner like caleb said um he's been fantastic i think he's been Damn near maybe the steal of the draft. The Magic, I don't think they expected to that. get that. He co- he plays good defense, goes out there, scores the rock. I, I think there were a select select few teams or GMs that expected him to be doing this, and I mm-hmm. think the Magic was were one of them. That's for sure. Um, I think him and Io are up there for steals of the draft. But now, in the first episode, I made this man my pick for Rookie of the Year. But I think that Josh Giddy is who I would have to go with. And sure, I like Josh Giddy, so maybe I'm a little bit biased. But, like, this dude is averaging 11.5 points, 7.5 boards, and 6.5 assists. And he has shown that he can be an elite playmaker. Like, he has great vision. He has the ability to create for, you, create for others. He throws, he threads the needle, pinpoint passes all the time. Like, all of that. I think that... His assists can easily go up more. Like, I think his, there's no limit. I mean, obviously there's going to be someone limit. You're not going to have someone averaging, like, just some ungodly amount of assists per game. But I think there's no limit to his playmaking ceiling. I think uh, I think he could be special. And he's still averaging 11.5 points while also shooting very bad from the three-point line. And he's inconsistent, and homie's got confidence. So, like, I think that that shot can be developed so I think that his percentages go up, his efficiency will get better, his points per game will go up. And I, like I said, I think his assists translate. And obviously being a 6'8 guard, whatever he's actually listed at, somewhere around there, he's huge. Obviously you're going to get a lot of rebounds. So I think that this dude's potentially looking to be maybe like a, like a LaMelo Ball or a Russell Westbrook type dude putting up damn near triple-double every night. I don't know if he's going to be averaging as many points as Russell Westbrook was, but like... He's not going to be as much of a scorer, but I think, you know, like I said, at potential averaging close to a triple-double. I think I think Josh Giddey is going to be special, man. I agree that he's going to be special. I think Russell Westbrook's kind of a uh, – I know you're comparing him to his statistics with the Thunder or whatever, mm-hmm. his MVP season most likely, mm-hmm. triple-doubles. It's just hard to compare two different players that play very differently, I feel like. I yeah they there's Russell Westbrook's, play style is definitely different. Yeah. I think that uh, I think that their statistical production will look similar is what okay. I was trying to get at. Yeah, I can get on board with that. I just wanted to make sure that's what you meant. Mm-hmm. You weren't calling Josh Giddy the an explosive six two nah, guard. <laughs> nah, he's not that dude's gonna be blown by someone and booming on your head and then throwing putback dunks over on top of people. Yeah, can't say I expect Josh Giddy to be doing that. Whenever he's uh, in his prime, but you never know. That's a sight that I would love to see. Dunks on a dude, looks at him. What do you mean, breathe, breathe? Hey, bring <laughs> me a shot. Like that'd be fantastic. That would be very fantastic. Mm-hmm. That does it for the first question. On to the second question. Um, what is your ideal NBA All Star team? Uh, for this one, we each took a conference to design a team. 
Uh, I took the Eastern Conference. Caleb took the West. So I'll go ahead and we want to both do our starters first. We can. Yeah, we can do right. that. Um, my, uh, I just my, want to put a side note out there. My fault. Are you good? Um, yeah. I took the West because if I took the East, I would have the Miami Heat starting five. <laughs> or most of them. Um, um, on my all-star team. So I feel like I had to be unbiased in some respect. So uh, I'll go ahead and get started on the starters. Uh, my backcourt, I had Harden, you know, probably running the one. And I've got DeMar DeRozan playing the two. Uh, I normally, you know, think of DeMar a little bit more like a, like a three, potentially a four. He played the four a lot with the Spurs. But in the voting, they have him listed as a guard, so I put him in my backcourt. But, you know... Harden started off a little bit slow. He's getting back up. His percentages are getting up. The Nets are starting to play better. He's averaging like 23 and I think like nine assists a game. So he's getting back to being, you know, James Harden. Uh, he's been really good recently. You know, like he's like I said, slow start, been hot since. DeMar DeRozan, people are saying it's the worst signing of the offseason. Uh, it was an absolute slam dunk. Uh, he's been literally more than the Bulls could have ever hoped for, if I'm being completely honest. Like, they already had Zach Levine expecting to be like, okay, we got, like, a veteran presence. We got another dude that can come in, you know. He can play some defense. He can put up about, like, 18 a game. You know, he can help us win. They did not expect DeMar DeRozan to come in and take over Zach Levine's job for being the guy. Much less be top five in MVP voting. Yeah. It's, like, he's doing he's doing things that, I personally, I never thought that would be in the same sentence as DeMar DeRozan. Yeah. I mean, DeMar DeRozan, don't get me wrong, homie was good, like, in his yeah. prime. But, like, I was not expecting DeMar DeRozan at the age of 32 to come out here averaging 26, 5, and 5. Like, it's kind of crazy he's averaging 26, and the homie makes, like, maybe a three game, if that. Like, he is yeah. all mid-range. Yes, it's I, – I believe someone asked him – or there was a heckler at a game or something saying DeMar can't shoot threes. And his response was, I can, but why would I when I can just get to the basket anytime I want? Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, man, I mean, you got you to yeah. pick out what you're good at and do it efficiently, and mm-hmm. I think he does that. Great. Yeah. He's having a great season. Now, for my front court, uh, obviously, you know, Giannis, damn near probably the best player in the, in the NBA right now. I think LeBron still maybe holds that title. I think other people are like big LeBron haters, ice the Lakers are staying afloat right now, and that is pretty much all thanks to LeBron. I mean, obviously, we don't see the rust of old. Anthony Davis has been hurt. Taylor Horton Tucker puts up a good game once every blue moon. Yeah. Um, but LeBron has showed, and LeBron was starting at the center this year for some games. They're throwing him at the five, yeah. first game ever, and he's looking like Magic Johnson in the finals. Whenever he had to start at center, he's doing everything for this team. The Lakers have their record is all thanks to LeBron, no doubt. I would agree with that. But like I, all right. So back to my picks. But Giannis, obviously, potential top vote getter for MVP, maybe win it again this year. I don't know, but he's been great. Embiid was my preseason pick for the MVP. Started off a little bit slow, but he's been getting it back together. I've got him in my starting lineup, and I've also got KD. You know, KD is always going to do whatever he wants. Like I don't. You know, the way KD plays, like, obviously he's going to slow down a little bit, but I think this guy could still be 40 and dropping me a solid 23 points a game on my team. Like, this dude is ridiculous. This is where I'm going to have to disagree with you about the best player in the NBA. Kevin Durant is, by and large, the best player in the NBA. You think so? I think so. I think Giannis is the most dominant. Um, I don't think LeBron holds that title anymore. You don't think so? I mean... Obviously, he's top three with those three I just mm-hmm. named, but I, guess I think that's fair. I think Kevin Durant is the greatest player in the NBA right now. Um, he, this the things he does. I know, obviously, it's very impressive. LeBron is what thirty-seven now, mm-hmm. doing the things he's doing, and Giannis is taking the Bucks to. A great season again, arguably another finals appearance. Yeah, LeBron this year shooting uh, the highest percentage from three he's ever shot. Actually, I take that back. He shot 40% with the Heat one year, but damn near the highest he's ever shot from three. And he is shooting 52% from the field, which, believe it or not, is not as high as from the field ever. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, that is. But, like, I mean, averaging 29, 7.5, 6.5, and 
He's at 37 years old and pretty much willing the Lakers to potentially make the playoffs. Like, they're in the play-in right now if the season were to end today. But at 37 years old, it's bonkers. Yeah, I agree. But, all right. Moving you're, on to your... To, no, I, I gave my stars. You've got to give yours. you got to give yours. Go right. back and forth. Um, so, my point guard, starting point guard for the All-Star game, I have Steph Curry. Um, I feel like that's pretty self-explanatory. self-explanatory. Mm-hmm. Um, greatest shooter of all time, and no one can tell me different at this point. No one's going to tell me different. All-time either. three record. Um, yeah, it's... I'm, I'm just going to leave it at that. Plus, the Warriors are winning. I mean, with Clay back now, too, they're going to they're gonna be scary come playoff time. Um, and my two, I got Luka Doncic. Um, yes, the Mavs are struggling right now, but, I mean, he's averaging 24-8-8, eight, eight, almost a triple-double. Um, and obviously, we're like, oh, those are Luka's numbers. Like, Luka should be doing that. But we also realize Luka is, what, 23? 24 years old like yeah like we expect a lot out of Luca just because he had such a phenomenal start to his career like I'm just excited to see what he's going to be doing in Dallas um and I mean obviously this year the Mavs aren't as great as they have been in the past but like last year he was people were arguing he's the, he was the best player in the NBA like he, he yeah. was in those arguments like mm-hmm. and I don't know. I think we expect too much out of Luka, but he's still my starting two guard. Um, for my small forward, I have Paul George. Um, so I, I know I'm going to stop you right there. Beyonce, one of the best I'm playing. But, so uh, you got Paul George starting at small forward for you. Does are you Obviously, you know you want, want to recognize PG, but who you got starting over him now that he's, he's injured, like potentially out all year, torn UCL? Um... Like, he's damn near have to, gonna have to get Tommy John. Like, they are operating, according to a report from Bleach Report, he, they are operating under the impression that he will not be back this season. You just gonna move one of your reserves into the starting lineup, you think? Or are you, uh. Yeah, I mean, I was going based off stats and the vote, obviously, the voting website that mm-hmm. we looked at. Um,. Looking at your your roster right now, personally, I, I would have to go Rudy Gobert in the, and not obviously not at at small forward, but like yeah, you know, go, okay. So I guess in we'll, the in the front court, they just picked like three players out of small forward, power forward, center position. Yeah, um, you're in double bigs as the All Star game. Who gives a shit? True, I'll do I'll do that. Um, so PG's been about one of the only good things for the Clippers this year, with Kawhi out, and he's averaging twenty five five and seven. Um, but with him hurt, that I'm gonna move LeBron up to the small forward. Um, just like we already mm-hmm. um, talked on this, but this what he's doing with the Lakers is unheard of, unprecedented, and nobody this old has ever done that at such an efficient and successful rate. Um, Who? LeBron. Oh, okay. All right. Um. Yeah. Sorry, I zoned out there for a second. No, I was looking at you're stats. good. Um, and then at my four, I'm going to start Jokic. Um, this guy is a lot better than we thought. Like, we knew he was good, but looking at his stats, this man is averaging 25-7 assists and 14 boards starting at the five with no Jamal Murray or MPJ. Like, that's ridiculous. His two, I mean... You know, obviously Jokic should go out there and score, but I think if you're, like, last year, you look at some of those games, like I listen to the Through the Wire podcast every once in a while. Uh, one of them said this. Every time that you see Jokic go out there and drop, like, a 50-point game or something, he his team is getting smacked, and he's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll do it myself. Yeah. But so he's not really, like, a score-first type of dude. He's, he's a playmaker that can go out there and give you 25 a night. Mm-hmm. And his two, like, main options to give the ball to and, like, who he's letting work off of him – Aren't even there, and he's still putting up seven assists a game. Yes, that's you know wild. I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you tell these stats. I'll let you tell these stats. This blew my mind hearing these. Yeah. Though. So for a man that doesn't train in the off season, drinks beer, and then two weeks before training camp, um, tries to get in shape, this man is averaging, or he has the second best defensive rating in the league. In that's, the league. 
That's absurd because you think this dude is obviously elite offensively, damn near one of the most valuable offensive players. Like, not even damn near. He's probably the most valuable offensive player in the NBA this year. He looks like he should be on the front of a donut box, though. Yeah. Like, this, you would not expect this guy to be an elite athlete mm-hmm. the way he is or be able to mm-hmm. contain and play def- great defense against the, yeah. the people he does. But his offense is so damn good, and you just be like, oh, you know, he's not that athletic. Like, he's not that in shape. He can't be that good a defender. Tied for second best in the league in defensive reigning is absolutely mind-boggling. Straight up, I saw that, and I was like, even me, like, I was expecting him to be just, like, a little bit below average. So last year, he was average at that, at defensive rating, right, with the league. And I was like, okay, that's pretty damn good production for someone who is Jokic. Like, little athleticism, out of shape. But then him doing that this year, second best, is bonkers. While still averaging 25.7 assists and 14 rebounds. Yep. Like, that, like, that's mind-boggling to me. But I said at the beginning of the year on the podcast that I didn't know if Jokic was going to go out there and repeat what he did last year to win MVP. And Jokic is making me look like a damn fool right now. And you know what? I'm happy to be one if he's going to go out there and keep doing this. Fun to watch. Um, and then starting at five, I got Rudy Gobert, since Troy mentioned PG is hurt. Um, and I'm starting him at my five because he's averaging 15 a game, only one assist, but, I mean, that's not his game. But he's also averaging 15 rebounds and has the number one defensive rating in the league at 100.9, which 109 is the league average. So he's well below league average, or above, I guess. Yeah, better than better the league, than average, league average. But, um, yeah, um, he, it's, I, I don't have the number on how many blocks he's averaging per game, but I would like to think that he's probably in the top three or five in blocks this season. He is number two, right behind Miles Turner. He's averaging 2.3. Yeah, that's tied for number third. We got Time Lord. It's <laughs> oh, time's gosh. coming, baby. But uh, uh, you don't also, get the nickname Stifle Tower for no reason. So he's, for sure. he's my starting five. Um, you know, obviously I mentioned Paul George is out on Caleb's team. There is a chance that KD is out in my starting lineup. He's out four to six weeks right now. He might not make the All-Star game. But I'm operating under the assumption that he is going to make it. So, you know, I would, I would make a replacement pick if he's for sure going to be out. But, you know, so... I'm going to get into the reserves right now. Do we want to go... Uh, you can go one for one. Yeah, we can go one for one. We can go one for one. Um, all right. In my uh, Starting with my backcourt here, uh, I'm going to go Trey Young. Dude's averaging uh, 27.6 points per game, 9.3 assists, and four boards. And, you know, obviously the Hawks made the conference finals last year, and they sucked this year, 17 and 25. But their, their success is all thanks to Trey Young. Like, Homie's averaging, like I said, damn near 28 points a game, and he's shooting the highest volume of his career while also shooting the highest percentage of his career and from the both three and from the field. So it's just it's crazy to see the rest of the team take such a big step back but then Trey Young to continue doing what he's doing. Yeah, agreed. Um, I'll start my back to my backcourt as well with John Morant. Um, it's John Morant. <laughs> yep, that's um, kind of self-explanatory. Dude's been he's, ridiculous this year. He's He may be one of the most athletic players I've ever seen at 6'2", or 6'3", whatever he is. Mm-hmm. And he he's just doing things with Memphis that I don't know many other people could. And I think he's an easy pick for the All-Star game this year. Um, I really hope he makes it. He's on my team, and he's just been crazy this year. All right. uh, My other – or another one of my reserves, I got Darius Garland. um, Averaging 23.5 and 8 a game with the Cavs, who coming into the season were not expected to be good. And, you know, Colin Sexton looked really good last year. People were expecting him to go out and potentially lead them to any sort of success they may have. And then all of a sudden – Colin Sexton's out. Everyone's like, oh, shit. Evan Mobley plays insane. Darius Garland takes a huge step forward. And 
I, I don't remember what set it was. I saw this like a long time ago, what they rated it by. But two years ago, statistically, off of, I think, maybe like player efficiency rating or something, Darius Garland was the worst player in the entire NBA. And now I think that he warrants an all-star selection. And the Cavs being tied for the four seed right now is pretty insane. Not going to lie. I love a good, love a good underdog story. Who doesn't? Uh, Darius Garland got my vote. Very fair. Um, my next backcourt player is Donovan Mitchell. Um, the Jazz are very solid this year, as they have been the past few years. And Donovan Mitchell's a big reason for that. Um, he's drawing a lot of comparisons to D. Wade, just the way he plays. Um, he's developed a, a better three-point shot. I think this year he's shooting the highest percent from three of his career. I'm off to double check that for myself but dude's crazy um and he's very consistent while also being efficient and i think that's a big part of what makes him a great player and the jazz look to him for basically everything but obviously the jazz offense works as a well-oiled machine they all do different things like won't get into all that but donovan mitchell's my my uh, reserve backcourt pick. My next pick, LaMelo Ball. I feel like they know me. You knew the pick was coming. But LaMelo is he's averaging 19.5, 7.5, and damn near 8 assists. And the Hornets are, you know, they've, they had definitely some problems with COVID there for a little bit, as did almost every other team. But they, uh, the Hornets are... Definitely going to make the playoffs this year. I mean, they're in the play-in right now. I, I expect them to make the jump into out of the play-in. But, you know, LaMelo shooting 37% from three, which is, you know, not like anything terrible. Like, it's not terrible. Like, it's it's respectable. And that's even with, like, LaMelo and their coaches saying that they hope Melo's shot comes along more. Like, imagine having someone that's an elite playmaker, elite size of the point guard, still putting up 20 points a game, and they say that they hope his shot comes along more. He's still shooting 37% from three. Like, I mean, there's <laughs> there's really no down factor there. Exactly. And he's just, he's hella fun to watch. And, you know, that's kind of what the All-Star game is about. So I think maybe the fans get him in. I doubt it, though, looking at the votes so far. But I, I think he I think he gets in. I really hope he does. I love watching LaMelo. Yeah, um, he's only averaging three turnovers a game. You know, maybe be like, oh, three turnovers, like, that's not great. You know, you're giving up three possessions a game. But when you're averaging eight assist a game and you're the primary ball handler I think that's kind of impressive especially when Definitely. according to LaMelo himself he said turnovers are just the price of a play being a playmaker and that is exactly what he is uh, my next pick is Deontay Murray of the San Antonio Spurs and this man is so underrated um, right now I feel like him and Kelvin Johnson are single-handedly keeping the Spurs alive and their heart beating I don't really know how much of a heartbeat they have, but I agree with what you're what you're saying. They are they're the heart and soul of that team. They are. I mean a lot of upside for him. He's averaging damn near a triple double with nineteen points, nine assists, and eight rebounds, starting at the one. Um that's impressive in itself, but just the fact that he is doing what he's doing is on a team that Quite frankly, their pulse is fading out. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just very impressive. And him being underrated, I don't know if he's going to make the All-Star game. I really hope he does because I feel like he really deserves it. But that again, once again, I always say that's my pick. But that's, that's my pick. Now, uh, like I mentioned the Cavs already with Darius Garland. I'm going back to the Cavs. Before, when I was picking my team, I was like, you know... I don't know if the Cavs weren't having two players potentially in the All-Star game. But you know what? Fuck it. This is my team and my podcast. So I'm going to go ahead and put whoever the hell I want on it. That is still deserving. I'm not going to go out there and be like, you know what, Alex Caruso, here you go. Welcome to the All-Star game. That would just be dumb. But Jared Allen averaging 16.5. He's got um, 11 boards, which is up one board from last year. I mean, it's it's only one board, but like still 11 boards is impressive. It's gone up three and a half points per game for la- from last year and almost 10% from the field. 
That's crazy. Like, he is insanely efficient, getting a ton of rebounds, and one of the best rim protectors in the entire league, and he's second in the NBA in defensive rating. And him, along with Darius Garland and Evan Mobley, huge reason why the Cavs are as good as they are. And, you know, maybe people are looking for the Cavs to potentially move him this year with them signing Laurie Markkinen and drafting Evan Mobley, and they already had Kevin Love being like, what the hell are you doing with so many bigs on your team? But I think Jared Allen has gone to show that he can easily be a cornerstone of a rebuild and be a headliner of that franchise for the future. Would have to agree. Um, another, my next pick is Chris Paul. Um, similar to LeBron, um, I'm not really sure how old Chris Paul is. I think he's 30, 35 or 36. Um, he's also doing things at obviously 36 or 35, whatever he is, isn't is relative old age to the NBA. Um, obviously not relative to the rest of life. Like if you're 36, <laughs> I would not consider you old. But his playing days are on the latter end of his career, I would say. Um, this man is averaging 14 points, 10 assists, and four and a half rebounds per game. He's third in defensive rating in the NBA tied with Steph Curry, surprisingly. Um, he's just a dog. I mean, the, you could you saw what the Suns were before he got there, struggling, just re- kind of relying on D-Book. And when he got there, he kind of put the pieces together, got the offense in, in check, and they've – they went to the finals. There's a reason he's the point god. Exactly. I mean, obviously they didn't win the finals against the Bucks, but I mean, I, I honestly I'm looking for them to repeat something similar to last year. Uh, I think it's very possible. Um, obviously they're gonna have to go through the Warriors and <clears throat> teams like that of that caliber and the Jazz, but I think it's very possible for them the way that they've been playing. Mm-hmm. All right, my next one, next pick, I am going to say Jimmy Butler. Great. Got, uh, you know, Caleb's obviously going to agree with that one, big Heat fan. Got the Heat playing. Uh, right now they're one game back of the conference lead with the with the Bulls playing out of their minds. But you know what you're going to get from Jimmy. He's a dog. He's going to give you everything. He's going to elevate everyone else. Uh, he's going to play some tough D. He's averaging 22.5, and a half, five and a half, five and a half, and he's been efficient this year, helping the Heat to win. And with Bam going down and Tyler Hero like making a making a breakthrough a little bit, I uh, I think that Jimmy Butler should should definitely be an All Star. I agree. I I'm going to piggyback off that a little bit, and I'm going to say that. Jimmy Butler is, like you said, a huge reason that we are winning because he demands excellence. Like, mm-hmm. he doesn't take shit from anybody, and if you're not up to par, he's going to let you know and call you out on it. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, he's a clown off the court, but and in the locker room, obviously. In the past, he's been called a cancerous player in the locker room. Um, but frankly, I just don't think that's true. I I think that with the Timberwolves looking the way they have ever since he's left, I think that, and same with the Sixers, I think that like him, the way that he was portrayed, they thought that maybe he was cancerous, like Caleb said, but I think looking back now that maybe they just didn't fit in with the, they weren't gritty like the Heat are. Yeah, I think. They didn't, they didn't fit the way that Jimmy Butler was expecting everyone else to play and the effort they, that he wanted. Exactly. I couldn't agree more, but... I, li- I like the pick, Troy. I really do. If he doesn't make the All-Star game, then I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to probably be very upset. Um, for my next pick, I got Cat, Carl Anthony Towns. Um, averaging 24.6, 3.6 assists, and 9.3 rebounds. Um, he's just being, he's being Cat. He's doing things that Cat does. Um with a Timberwolves team that is actually looking kind of solid this year. Um, I won't, I'm not sure what their record is, but I do know that they are s- s- very much better than they have been. They're in their, currently the eight seed, one game under 500. See, I mean, 
we've seen Timberwolves teams in the past be a lot worse than they are now, and I think Cat's a big reason why. Um, you know what you're going to get from Cat. Anthony Edwards is a very promising second-year player. Budding superstar. Yeah, scoring a lot. He's going to put put the ball in the hoop. And with D'Angelo Russell and Cat actually being healthy at the same time, it's very promising for Timberwolves fans for the future. That's for sure. 100%. So uh, my next pick, I got Jason Tatum. Now, you know, I... This one, I, I was a little bit like, I'm not sure. I didn't really know what to do. Um, I think I could easily swap him out for Zach Levine. I didn't have Zach Levine on my all-star team, you know. I, after picking the team, I realized, you know, that's a snub. But, you hey, 12 players. You, know, you can only have 12 players no matter what. Everyone's going to end up getting snubbed. And there's probably going to be COVID replacements or injury replacements. So Zach Levine will probably find his... Find his way in the all-star team anyway, but I think Zach Levine's deserving. You only you still only got twelve spots, but you know Tatum's shooting not as efficient as he like worst efficiency from the field and from three in his career, but he's still averaging twenty five and a half. The Celtics are disappointing, but I you know Jason Tatum's still special, like still a very good player. So I I've I've got I've got Tatum in the all-star game. I like I said fifty fifty can go either way with him and with him or Levine. Again, I like that pick. Big Jason Tatum guy. Not having a great season, but as you said, Celtics aren't having a great season either. So, um, with that being said, Still I'm going to... a good season, just not as, yeah. not as efficient. Just not what he would have hoped for, I guess you could say. Yeah. And with uh, one Duke player being picked, I'm going to pick another Duke player. And Brandon Ingram. Um, obviously, I feel like he doesn't get his flowers and doesn't receive um, enough talk about what he is actually doing. Um, I'm going to say this with a with water in my hand, hopefully, hoping it doesn't spill, but he's averaging 22.7, only 22.7 points per game on a struggling Pelicans team. But it's not really the stats I want to focus on here. Um, I want to focus on just the leadership and, like, perseverance that this guy's having to go through. I mean, the Pelicans without, like, obviously without Zion are very good. Yeah. Um, and I think Brandon Ingram is just being that sort of rock for their team and just showing up every day, doing what he can. And I just think he's showing a lot of leadership and development and maturing as a player. Brandon Ingram's definitely been consistent. He's already been an all-star, and like last year, I thought he should have been. He could have been an all-star. I don't, I'm not gonna say should have, but he could have been an all-star over Zion. I think it was borderline, or actually, I don't know if he could have been over Zion, but like Pelicans didn't warrant to. I thought he he was deserving of spot. Pelicans weren't that great. Zion was still good, but I thought he definitely could have been on that all-star team. But Brandon Ingram's gonna go out there and he's gonna do what he has done the past each of the four years. He's gonna get a few rebounds. He's not gonna play make that great like that well for the other teams or for the rest of the, the players on his team but he's going to put the ball in the damn hoop and he's going to he's going to draw defenders ultimately I mean mm-hmm. I just think he brings a lot more than just his talent to the team and that I think that's ultimately why he wants to or not wants to but deserves to be an all-star yeah uh, my last pick I got Pascal Siakam uh you know, last year people had some knocks on Siakam. He wasn't he wasn't as good as people thought he might be after the 2019-2020 season. Uh, you know, obviously the Raptors struggled last year. They said he only had a spin move. You know, he only, the dude had no bag. But he, he's right in the ship a little bit. The Raptors are back on track. Obviously, you know, Scotty Barnes has been good. But, you know, Fred Van Vliet looking great. They don't have Lowry anymore. So it's they don't have that veteran presence. But... Siakam's still keeping that ship afloat. He's got 21 a game, eight and a half boards, and five assists, being coming out of the power forward position. And I think he's he's increasing his uh, efficiency, but he's cutting back on threes, which is what I like to see. Because last year he shot 29%, and he was still hoisting up about four or five a game. I say he's got a. I thought he could have cut back on those last year, and that's what he's doing this year. And he's seen an increase in efficiency, which is what you know what everyone wants. You want an efficient dude that's going to put the ball in the hoop. Agreed. Um, see, those were all my picks. 
Um, I should have one more since uh, PG's hurt and I had to take another pick. And this may co it may mess up your borderline pick for me, um, which we'll get to in a second. But for my next pick, I'm taking Devin Booker because, I mean, I think the Suns warrant two All-Stars. Um, yeah, for sure. I've, I just feel like that's common knowledge. Um, averaging 23.9 points per game, 4.4 4. 4 assists, and 5.5 and rebounds. Um, it's D-Book. You know what you're going to get out of D-Book every night. And he's clearly an all-star talent in my book. That's that's for sure. That's uh, um, All right. Uh, you got D-Book replacing PG, so uh, I think we, we both said before we were going to pick out a snub that the other person left off. For me, for, uh, for Caleb's team, I got to go Draymond. I mean, you know, you look at his stats, it's not like you're, like, blown away. I think he's averaging, like, 8-8-8. Eight, eight, and eight. So, you know, obviously, you know, he's going to go out there. He's going to – Draymond's going to do just just about everything. We've already talked about him on here. He uh, He's just damn good. He plays well with the Warriors. Dudes have has an insane defensive impact, insane IQ, and just does a little bit of everything. I think that I think that Draymond's impact is so big that he deserves to be on it. Fair. I would agree with that. Um, in my snub pick, you already mentioned uh, Zach Levine. Um, I feel like with DeMar going to Chicago, everyone's saying, like, hey, like, he's the guy now. But they forget who the guy was before DeMar, and that's Zach Levine. And he's been there. He's been loyal to Chicago. Um, I mean, he's still putting up great numbers for Chicago. I don't, don't have them in front of me, but... Um, I think everyone is kind of for, not forgot about him, but is really just saying that Lamar, or no, not Lamar, <laughs> I mean DeMar, is doing everything for them, and they overlook Zach Levine, but I think he is a snub. Zach Levine's averaging 25, 5, and 4, and he's shooting 41% from the three and 49% from the field. Yeah, that's, I mean... That's pretty solid, if you ask me. Yeah, that's, uh, you know what? I'm taking Jason Tatum off. Jason Tatum, get the hell out of my roster. Zach Levine, welcome aboard. Kevin, Jason Tatum's my stub now. <laughs> For this. But. Yeah, but like I said, you know, I value efficiency. Like I said, who doesn't want a dude that's efficient and puts the ball in the hoop? It's exactly what Zach Levine's doing, and they're winning basketball games. Yes, Jason Tatum is putting the ball in the hoop, but not efficiently, and the Celtics are not winning basketball games, so... I'm gonna go ahead and just swap my pick there. I'm just gonna stick with my stick with my philosophy, how I want a player, or how what type of player I want on my team. I respect it. Um, and that does it for the All Star teams. Um, and now we're gonna transition to uh, to the end here. We got our uh, Podman Out section. Uh, you know, like we said, we're gonna do different sections. This this one we got the uh, the literal Podman Out. The gonna give you a list of players gonna give you a criteria on which player does not belong you wanna you wanna start her off um I will start and I'm gonna start by saying that mine are not the conventional questions as in like who won this many games in this year okay. or whatnot okay. mine are more media related or whatnot my first question is at least so the first question is which NBA player did not appear on Disney Channel's Sweet Life on Deck Okay. Dwight Howard, Kevin Love, Darren Williams, or Chris Bosh? Chris Bosh. Chris Bosh was on Jesse. I knew you were going to know that. <laughs> I was hoping to, because I saw the first three, I knew they were on it, mm-hmm. and I was trying to think of a player that like was on Disney Channel, but mm-hmm. not on Sweet Life on Deck, and I thought yep. I might get you with that, but. Nah. Not just a hat rack, as my parents say all the time. Uh, Shout out Dustin. Tisk tisk tisk. All right, I'll go ahead and uh, I'll get I'll get get mine started. Which of these players have never thrown a no hitter in the MLB? Philip Umber, Johan Santana, Jordan Zimmerman, or you Darvish? I know Johan Santana has because Josh totally caught it. Mm-hmm. 
I feel like you Darvish has when he's with the Rangers. Who are the other two? Philip Omber and Jordan Zimmerman. Jordan Zimmerman. Your pick is Jordan Zimmerman? Yes. That is incorrect. You, ah, you, damn. You Darvish has never thrown a no-hitter. He famously on opening day... Wasn't he close? Took a perfect game to the bottom of the ninth with two outs and gave up a single to the That's last... What I was thinking of. To the potential last batter of the game. Mm. Philip Umber actually threw a perfect game. I knew he used to throw a random... Like, I don't know who the hell that dude is, but... uh. I, I knew you were going to try to get me with a random name because I, you're going to be like, oh, I don't know who that is. I'm going to pick him. But no, I see past your shenanigans. Do you now? I do. All right. All right. Well, I'll keep that in mind for my uh, future questions. And both of you to, compl- to claim you see past my shenanigans when you just got my question wrong. Okay. Fair. Yep. Bam got him. Bird got him. All right, my next question is, which NBA player holds the nickname Pink Panther? Is it Bill Walton, Sidney Moncrief, Tony Kukoc, or Doc Rivers? That's tough because I've never... I'm going to go ahead and rule out Tony Kukoc. I feel like I've looked at his basketball reference page and seen like his weird nicknames. Like they called him the waiter one time in 2K that I was that's why I was really confused, so I had to look it up. I don't recall that being on there. So Sidney Moncrief and Doc Rivers and Lou Walton. Bill Walton. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. Sorry. Um Pink Panther's kind of a goofy nickname. Like I feel like that's just like I'd hear I'd be like, what? And kind of chuckle. And that's kind of what I do every time I see Bill Walton. So I'm just going to have to go ahead and say Bill Walton because that's one goofy-ass dude. That is exactly why I put him in as a pawn. That is not the correct answer. The correct answer is Tony Kukoc. Really? It is. Wow. But I, I specifically thought of one of the goofiest dudes in the NBA at one time, and I thought Bill Walton, so that's why I put him in there. That's That was uh, that's solid logic. That was good. That was good. You... Threw a little trickery in there. Bamboozled me for sure. But, uh, yeah, no, I uh, thought I didn't remember ever seeing that in his uh, basketball reference page. So, you know, I just ruled it out. But, like, you know, shame on me, I guess. All right, now for the, uh, got my last question. My last question, let's see. Which college football program has had a Heisman winner out of these four? Clemson, West Virginia, Baylor, or Mizzou? I'm trying to see past your shenanigans. Okay. Okay, Clemson's the obvious answer, so it's not Clemson. Okay. Do you need me to go over the options again? No. I feel like it could be West Virginia. They have had some studs in their day. But I feel like you also just put it in there because you're a West Virginia fan. But it also could be because... But did I reverse psychology you? That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Or it could be... West the, Virginia the has answer, had one. And you're just and trying then, to boast that they've had a Heisman Trophy winner. Exactly. And then you're like, oh, well, he wouldn't put him in there. But he just wants to get West Virginia some recognition, you know. Yeah, true. And then the other was Mizzou. Mizzou and Baylor. West Virginia, final answer. West Virginia is your final answer? Yeah. That's incorrect. West Virginia has never had a Heisman winner. The correct answer was Baylor, Robert Griffin III. Shouldn't have known that. That was actually when I watched football, too. Clemson, West Virginia, Mizzou have never had one. Damn, I feel stupid now. I was I was really not actually that stupid. I was really hoping that the West Virginia was going to reverse psychology him into picking them, and I was hoping that... Robert Griffin would be just like in that sweet spot where it'd be like, uh, okay, it wasn't like it was like l- like a little while ago, but not like long ago that he had to be like, you know, let me like think back type of thing. It wasn't recent, but like but think back, it was like that. Just that sweet spot that like when you think like past players, you don't really like you think, you know, maybe like past five years and then like fifteen years. Like I feel like that's sometimes like a dead zone. I mean, was forget. Yeah, he was drafted with Andrew Luck, and now Andrew Luck is retired. <laughs> 
I mean, RG3, is, I guess, is sort of retired. He's just not on a team. Yeah. But, you know. And with that, that's going to go ahead and be the uh, end of the episode. Um, we appreciate the listeners. Um, we'll have merch coming to y'all soon. Just kidding. You know, unless you actually want some merch, like, let us know. Maybe we'll make a little something. You know, and I'm not going to make, like, if we do that, you know, don't want to make, like, some bland crap, like just a hoodie with just a plain logo, you know. It's going to be fire. Yeah. Well, but you can email us reviews or whatever you guys feel. Um, requests for at for the... The pod at podmanout at gmail.com. I believe it's actually podmanoutpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, let's throw us Just Just letting you know so you're not just spamming some random email if anyone even has that. But uh, with this, I'm just going to go ahead and call it a day. So stay sexy.